1: I know it does. I've seen them. And every dude that's come to get help from me has had a really, really terrible profile, but they really didn't realize how bad it actually was. I think they were driven to come get help from me because they weren't getting the matches they were expecting and they couldn't figure out why. Well, they figured out why. It's because their dating profile was all wrong. So if you want help with yours to get you better matches and the matches that you're looking for, just come to this girl. Go to kristencarneycom slash help. I'll make you a dating profile that is witty, but also you. It's engaging. It's interesting. And it's not a turnoff to her. So get my help. Go to kristincarney.com slash dating help. kristincarney.com slash dating help. Hey guys, coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we have hypno nurse and personal charisma coach Wendy Packer on the show talking about ways to present yourself to women that will leave her loving you. So, stay tuned. <laughs> Guys, welcome to the Ask Women podcast. It's your host, Kristen Carney, along with your other host, Marnie Kinris. And today we have someone that we've never had on before that does something that we've never even talked about, which is fascinating. We have a personal charisma coach and a hypno nurse, Wendy Parker. Thanks for joining us, Wendy. Hi, Wendy Packer. Or pa- Packer. Oh, I wrote my R like a C. Looking <laughs> in green, Bay. <laughs> this is what happens when you write like a
2: little boy. <laughs> okay. Well, so so Wendy, can you tell us yes. a little bit about hypnosis? I know that you are also a charisma coach, and I'm I'm sure that you apply your hypnosis to this coaching. But I I, I, oh, I wanted I wanted to hear a little bit about hypnosis because I have an idea in my mind about what hypnosis is. Um, that's actually shifted okay. over the years because I have lots of friends who practice hypnosis and have hypnosis done on them quite often. So if you can just give our audience a little bit of a, you know, a a short education on hypnosis and its benefits, that would be amazing. Absolutely. The easiest definition would be it's a heightened state of
0: focused awareness, which addresses the subconscious part of your mind. And that's the part that gives you what you desire, both real and imagined. So if if you really, truly want something, no matter what it is, good, bad, or indifferent, your subconscious mind will give it to you if it's done repeatedly. That's how habits are formed. Okay. It's a very relaxed, daydreamy state, which I refer to as reverie. And it's it's very powerful. It It can help for any concern imaginable. Is it similar to meditation or is there is there a meditation, difference? Well, there is a difference. Um, meditation is basically thinking either about usually nothing. You're just being. In hypnosis, you are hearing beneficial suggestions or you're giving yourself beneficial suggestions that are going to get you to either create something in your life or eliminate something in your life that you feel you no longer want or need. Okay. So that's in a nutshell.
2: Oh, sorry. You cut out for a second. What, what was oh, it that you were saying? I, 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 that That's the in a nutshell explanation of hypnosis. That That's fantastic and wonderful. And I, I wanted to have you on the show because number one, you're a charis, charisma coach, which I definitely want to talk about as well. But the hypnosis aspect part was really fascinating to me because there are... So many people who I know listen to this podcast are clients of mine and are now clients of Christians as well. And I know that the the reason they're not seeing the success they want with women and maybe in life in general is because they have certain limiting beliefs that are getting in their way. So for example, if people are having trouble approaching right now uh in the the Me Too era, right? And so they're telling themselves these stories that women don't want to be approached. They don't want to be harassed. They might be creepy. Whatever it is, these stories and these beliefs are going on for them that they're continuously saying either consciously or subconsciously. And it's affecting how they're being perceived by women, how they're putting themselves out there. And so I would like to talk to you about something simple that people who are listening to this show right now... Something simple that they can do in terms of hypnosis, self-hypnosis, to assist them in either erasing, getting over, working on those limiting beliefs. And I don't even know if those are the words that you use, but how how can they use what you teach to help them in those areas? Something simple that they can do.
0: Well, I think they really and truly have to have really good self-confidence, first of all, and good self-esteem so that they have an authenticity about them when they do approach someone so they seem real and sincere. Um, absolutely, body language is very important and also making eye contact and really holding the eye contact without looking to the left, to the right, above and below. Um, and they, they really have to just come across as being sincere. Okay. And just and how, talking naturally, you know, and being
2: themselves, not trying to be someone else or emulating someone else. And can something like hypnosis help them get to that state more? So I'm asking in terms uh, of like a practice that they could do, you know, beforehand or on a daily basis, something that can allow them to not show this muddied version of themselves that's, you know, analytical and anxious and uncomfortable and yeah. frustrated, whatever it is.
0: Yeah. yeah. What, what, what can you do? Well, either they go see a hypnotist or they can purchase a CD from my website, which I have for confidence and self-esteem. They have to be comfortable with themselves, first of all, before they can be comfortable with anyone else. And how do you get comfortable with yourself? You know, when you have
1: pathways created in your brain of years and years and years feel, feeling awkward, how do you feel confident instead?
0: Well, you have to create an image ideal in your mind of how you want to be. And okay. you have to believe, you have to believe that that is who you are. And in most of my sessions, when I am helping people overcome certain issues, I always say, picture yourself as your image ideal. How are you standing? What are you wearing? What expression is on your face? Are you relaxed? If you're not relaxed, then take three deep breaths, exhale and say, relax over and over again for a minimum of two minutes before they even go over to make a connection with someone. It's not that
2: difficult. No, it's actually very... Yeah, that's what I was just going to comment on. It's I'm like, It sounds like exactly like what Amy Cuddy said, you know, the superhero Cuddy, pose.
0: Yeah, I know. She's fantastic. Amy Cuddy says two minutes, two minutes, two minutes. You have to give yourself that, you know, self-help talk and say that you could do what you want to do and have the belief and the desire and you can do it. And it takes practice though. It's not going to happen, you know, in a minute. You have to work on it. And take those two minutes, and again, in your mind, repeat, or even out loud, I can do this, I'm relaxed, I'm in charge, I am confident, I love who I am. Self-love is very important also. Sometimes men have a little bit of a hesitation when it comes to self-love, but that really is the basis of being really confident
2: and powerful. I completely agree with you. I actually have um, an exercise. I, I sent out a newsletter about this recently. It's an exercise that's part of my program, uh-huh. The Insider. It's called owning your animal, and it, it's pretty much exactly what you just stated. It's it's picturing something that you want to embody or emulate, and so that it's you know it, it, uh, you can access it on quick recall in times of need. But you have to practice being that thing first so that it can happen very quickly when you do need it in a moment's notice. So the the assignment is for them to select an animal that they view as strong or masculine or whatever it is that they want to project to women. And most of them choose an eagle or a bear or a jaguar, whatever what whatever those animals are that they select that resonates with them. And then I tell them to ask several questions of themselves. How would that animal stand? How would that animal Go after what he wants. How would that animal speak? So it's literally giving yourselves questions to answer and then envision or imagine and picture. And then you sit there and practice doing those things. Exactly what you said. Practicing is what helps you hone and own anything that you do.
1: I think it would be a good
2: idea to picture the other person.
1: As another animal, but an animal like an ostrich or something, right. like a goofy <laughs> animal so that you're the lion and they're, you know... You're like, you're just <laughs> you an put ostrich. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I can talk to an ostrich. I'm a freaking lion. Yeah, or even a freaking um, flamingo. Uh, I went to the zoo last week. Flamingos are weird and you can knock them over in two seconds. They're Yeah, exactly. I completely agree with you. I think that's a, that's a good tactic as well. But first, you have to go towards the animal that, you know, you resonate with or or you find that has something that you want to embody and then you can start looking out outward to other animals. Right. Right.
0: You do know that there are sites that you can go to, to find your totem animal just by answering some questions. Oh, that's cool. Like my totem animal is a squirrel. Squirrel. Never in a million (laughs) years thought that I would be a squirrel, but oddly enough, whenever I'm doing sessions, and I look out my 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 door. I can see squirrels are always around. So my energy is attracting them, and it's it's huh. really it's really interesting. If somebody really wanted to get into their totem animal and find out, you know, which one they are, I think that would either give them, uh, you know, some guidance on the behavior of that animal. You know,
1: what is a totem animal? I just picture a totem pole. That's yeah. all I know about the well, word totem.
0: It's a, it, it's a totem animal because they, it's an Indian, uh, you know, I guess discovery. The in, American Indians have always said that people have totem animals. That's all I know about it. But I do recommend that somebody take, go to the site, just put in Google totem animal and there's a series Hello, of questions. up and yeah, and then the, it will figure out all of your answers, and then it will tell you what animal you are. Oh, I must, oh, okay. I must
2: so be possums.
1: I, <laughs> I <everywhere>. just <laughs> I just Googled, and it's um uh an animal that is with you for life. Uh-huh. Mine's a spider. I know that's not an animal, but I guarantee mine's a spider. Oh my god, mine's a spider too. <inaudible> haunting all me constantly. Yeah,
2: me too. These assholes. I don't want them around me. <laughs> Uh-huh. The they good are- test, the, the test, the test to do is to
1: like go to New York City where there are zero squirrels <laughs> right, and, see and see if they it. follow you there, and then you'll know the answer for sure.
0: Uh, well, so is- I happen to live in the suburbs outside of New York City, so there are tons of squirrels. They're like rats that New York City has. We have squirrels.
2: Right. Right. Interesting. Well, actually, Wendy, I want to, if you're open to it, I'd like to ask a couple of semi-personal questions about you because I'd like to find out more about you. Are you, are you single? Are you married? Are you dating? What's going on with you? I, I am
0: widowed. Widowed. Okay. Yes, I'm widowed. It will be two years next month.
2: Oh, wow. And I'm, I'm so sorry.
0: I'm, oh, thank you. Uh,
2: and I'm, I'm single at this moment. And you are single. Are you dating? Are you out there? Cause actually, we've never no. talked to anybody that's been widowed before. So this would, this yeah. would be very interesting.
0: No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm really not ready as yet. Okay. So, and I'm very, uh, you know, I'm very happy with my situation. I mean, uh, I don't mind living alone and I have a great, I have a great companion, my dog. Yeah. Um, so, and the squirrels, the squirrels, of course. And my squirrels, and my squirrels, yeah. <laughs> and I love walking, and I'm very social, and I speak to a lot of people, but I am not dating at the moment. Not yet. Okay.
2: Are you in a support group for other people who are widowed as well? Uh, no, I'm not. You're not? I'm, well, not. The, 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 I'm not. The reason I, I mean, I'm I, asking... I, Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, the reason that I was asking is because I, I realized that we've never talked to somebody in that category we've talked to a lot of women who of uh, of every category uh mm-hmm. divorced cheated on um single 22 45 62 It's all been all over the map but we've ne- we've never actually talked to somebody that can give a a, a perspective on being widowed because i know it's it's not anything that i can speak to and i don't have experiences in that but um have have you had you know, such yeah i'm like to, to to advise the the men on dating somebody who is widowed, and I mean, you're not dating right now, so I don't know how to properly advise. But right. is there some like I know that a lot of a lot of men have written in about women that are are widowed, and even vice versa. I have I have women that have written in as well, um, and talking about com- being compared to the person. That has passed away and how how that is a challenge. And I know that you're not you're you're not there yet and you're not in that position, but can you speak to that a little bit? Maybe from the female point of view, and then remembering that you're advising men who might be in the position to be dating somebody who could be widowed. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what your question was. You wanted I guess. me to. I guess the question is, is like, how, how do you date somebody who has this person in their life that they still love who, you know, isn't with us anymore? Um, oh. How, how do you fit into their, to their life and how are you okay with potentially being not second, but I don't know, even potentially being second or is that person second? How, how did, how would that work?
0: Well, first of all, I basically treat everyone as someone new when I meet them and I don't compare. Are you talking about me comparing them to my husband? Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I'm oh, quite honestly, I'm, I'm not a comparer. I don't compare people. I take them for who they are because I believe everyone is, is unique, special and individual. And I go on energy vibes. And I believe that everyone's energy is suited for them. And, uh, I would never, I would never compare. No comparison. I don't, I think comparison gets you into deep trouble. Okay. It really is, it's more of a negative connotation. I keep everything in a positive frame. So when I meet somebody, it's very exciting to meet someone new who I have never met before. Um, and, you know, I want to hear about them and what they're like and what they, and how they operate as far as their, uh, their work, their social life and things like that. But I would never compare. I think comparing is really the worst thing to do. I think if
1: I were in the situation, I I do tend to compare. So I, you know, I know this is not the same, but I had a cat that I loved so dearly and I don't have that cat anymore and I cannot get another cat because I will compare that cat with my old cat. So I think looking for someone that is very different or opposite from who you lost, if you do tend to compare, is a good direction to go. So if a guy had lost his wife and she was in finance and very by the book and good with numbers, I would look maybe towards someone that might be a more on the creative end or who has a physical different look than the wife, just so that doesn't get muddy, you right. know, so it doesn't start to become a thing. Right.
2: Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, um, I know that you're you're n- not dating now, so I completely understand that. And I'm so sorry that you had that lost. Um, I, I do want to yeah, answer cool. some questions. Oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: I was just going to say that I had a dog. I, I had my first dog that died six weeks after my husband. Oh, uh, geez. And but I had another dog. I got another dog because my dog that died was sick with cancer, and mm-hmm. I felt that when he passed, uh, at least I had my second dog, who is yeah. totally different from my first dog. My first dog was an angel dog. Yeah. And my dog now is a devil dog. So it's, it's totally opposite. And I love him the same as I loved my first dog, Charlie. And it's wonderful. I mean, it's, it's comforting. It's, uh, he's very protective. He's very loving in his own way. He's a rescue and he had a very hard life, but, um, I don't compare. I love, I love Charlie and I love Cody. So it's, It's, it's
2: just, it's a great experience for me. Wonderful. I'd like to answer some questions from our listeners if you are open to that. Sure. Yeah. Marnie, I think we might have to take a break. Oh, yes. We do have to take a quick little break and we will be back shortly. And we're going to answer questions from our listeners and overanalyze them to death. All right. We'll be back in a second. Whenever I go away for the weekend, I never have any idea
1: which bag to take with me. I either have my boring black suitcase that I got from Target that everyone else has, or I can take this dingy old duffel bag that I got from my parents' basement years and years ago. And honestly, I usually go duffel bag because it's a weekend trip. It makes more sense to have a duffel bag and not a suitcase. And now I don't really have to choose between the crummy duffel bag, and the suitcase because I got a baboon duffel bag. And baboon makes technical duffel bags for all of life's adventures. They're waterproof, tearproof, durable, but also stylish duffel bags. And they come with free shipping and a lifetime guarantee. And they come in two sizes, a small for carrying on and a large to check. Both sizes can be stuffed in a trunk, Carried on your back or dragged wherever your adventure takes you. See why Condi Nast Traveler is calling it the ultimate weekender. I'm going to become the ultimate weekender now that I've got my baboon bag. So visit baboontothemoon.com and enter promo code WOMEN to receive 10% off of your purchase. That's baboontothemoon.com, code WOMEN. baboontothemoon.com, code WOMEN. So many things are inevitable in life. We're gonna die inevitably. We're gonna have bad days inevitably. And a lot of dudes are gonna lose their hair inevitably. But unlike death or bad days, we can prevent hair loss. And I want you guys to take action over your lives and fix your hair if it's starting to affect you and if you're seeing it slowly recede, slowly it just disappears into nothing but you can do something before it disappears into nothing. You can go to fourhims.com/wants and get all of this amazing stuff that we've talked to you about before. A lot of our listeners have done it, and that's why 4hymns.com keeps coming to us to talk to you guys. So if you've been listening and hearing this ad and not going to do this, you will kick yourself in a year when you're in a place where you can't get that hair back that you could have saved today. So go to fourhims.com/wants. Our listeners get a trial month for just five dollars today, right now while supplies last. See their website for full details. This would cost you hundreds if you went to a doctor or pharmacy. And plus, no awkward in-person doctor visits. So go to forhims.com slash wants. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash wants. Forhims.com slash wants.
2: And we are back. Okay. Apparently, there's some crackle in my microphone, so I apologize to anybody. Um, And I will get a new microphone for next time. So here is a question uh, I don't have a name for who it's from, but it was just very simple. Hey, Marnie, just wondering why women change at some point in the relationship and how to avoid that. Very simple question. No details. But <laughs> we are human. Yes, that's why we that's change. That's why we change. But can you can you speak to that a little bit more? I'd love to hear what, actually what Wendy has to say about this. Well, you know, change is
0: good. You don't want anybody to be the same, you know, day in and day out. Change moves people forward. And it creates great dialogue. Um, the last thing you want to do in a relationship is get stale and, you know, stagnant. Compare it to a, you know, a, a, a pail of water. You want that water to be moving around. So nothing is going to grow in, you know, inside of that stagnant water. You want it to be exciting and, uh, spontaneous. Change is, is yeah. great.
1: I wonder if the the change that he's experiencing with his girlfriend or whoever this is, is a good change or a bad change. I'm pretty sure it's a
2: bad change. I think what what this guy's saying is like, how come women become horrible (laughs) and they change and they don't like me (laughs) as much and things that I used to do may not have as big of an impact anymore? And I think the answer was actually given possibly because you are not changing and altering and keeping it fresh. And so I think that you know in the beginning... It is it is fun and wonderful and new, but then everything becomes normalized and a little bit stagnant. And I I, I think that if change is not happening on happening on both sides, then some negative changes can occur. Absolutely. Right, I agree. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, so I'm reading this I mean, book now. Oh, sorry, go on, please. No,
0: I, I was just going to compare it to the honeymoon phase of a relationship where everything is just so fantastic, so in love, so happy, uh, so caring with each other. And then, you know, people get married and that honeymoon phase lasts. You <laughs> you're like, and then we oh, get married. And, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and then inevitably reality sets in, you know, so you have to be in when you're in a relationship, you have to be flexible. You have to keep it fresh and exciting. It's each person has to bring something to the table to keep it yeah. going.
1: Is there any way is there any way to hypnotize someone into being a better boyfriend or girlfriend?
2: Yes, I sit over my husband every night while he's sleeping and say do something, just do. Something. That's that's how you do it with my, No, how do you, how do you, how do you do it? Yeah. How Is it? How can you do that? Do you use to hypnotize them or yeah. um, listen, a
0: person can be hypnotized only if they want to be. And nobody will do anything Mm. that's against their moral or ethical belief system. So if you can, if if you can hypnotize your boyfriend to be a better boyfriend, I think you have to be the one to take the lead in a non-hypnotized way and talk about it and just put it on the table and say, listen, you know, either that, either we, we stay together or we, we're apart, you know, if you're not going to work your ends and I'm working mine or vice versa, you have to have a melding of emotions and communication and feelings. So, I I don't believe that you can hypnotize your girlfriend or boyfriend to be better.
2: (laughs) I'm sure that many people (laughs) have been trying to do that for a very long time. But But let me ask you a question. I do. (laughs) Let me ask you a question. Do you think that that women are harder to please. I don't even want to say harder to please, but so I'm reading this this book right now. It's called The 5-Minute Relationship Repair and it's written by Dr. Susan Campbell. It's 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 a fantastic book and she's actually coming on our show in a couple of weeks to to talk about her book and her system. But um what is talked about there is that we're all triggered in some way, right? By things from our childhood, from our experiences, et cetera, et cetera. But she she has these two characters that are in the book, Donna and Eric, right? And they represent a lot of her clients meshed into this one example. But most often, the, the male person falls into a category and the female person ca- falls into a category. It's like very rare that, you know, their points of view flip-flop. And so she found that most women tend to feel abandoned in relationships as they get married and they get more into, I guess I'll call it a rut, but into more of a routine. And that the flip side of Eric, who represents man and most of her male clients, uh, tend to have this story being told to them or that they're telling themselves that they can't do enough and they can't please their woman, which I th- I think is where this question is, is coming from. So uh, do you believe that, not that women are more challenging or it's harder to please them. Like what is it that we women require that men don't require that I find that a lot of men get frustrated and they beat themselves up over when it's it's really nothing to do with them. It's just the way that women work. So I'd love to shed some light on that if possible about how women work when they're in a relationship and what it is that we're actually looking for and requiring to keep things going so we don't change to being angry and tension-filled and uh, bitter? <laughs> right. Well, I think that
0: you have to keep your relationship very fresh day by day. Otherwise, you do get into a rut and a routine. And ruts and routines, again, are very negative. Women, uh, I think, are more into a uh, emotional-type relationship. Where they are looking to be, you know, honored, adored, taken care of. Yeah. I I believe most women really like to be loved, sincerely loved and have their partner do things for them and with them and really care about it and go out of their way. They, they, they want the attention. They need, women need the attention and the love. And more so the attention. Of police, That's more just, so the attention. Nice the right, point. right. Mm-hmm. Um, and if a man is preoccupied with work or football or friends, um, the women, you know, are not very happy. They don't really enjoy that type of thing unless they're true diehard workaholics and sports oriented people. But most women aren't. So you have to be very in tune to speaking. You have to talk. You have to communicate. You have to tell each other what excites you, what motivates you, what moves you to become more deeply involved with each other and more deeply loved with each other.
1: Well, so you were just saying the women want to be adored and all of this kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. And actually recently I was working with a guy named Robert, shout out Robert. And he was like, listen, there was a woman on your show named Meredith who was a therapist. And she said, I need a man to basically worship me. Mm -hmm. And it sounded like she didn't want to do anything in return to be worthy of being worshipped. So how do women be be, you know, not to be worthy of being worshipped, but earn it because you can't just be a queen on a pedestal and expect um, to get all of this stuff from your dude if you're not willing to
0: also treat him in a certain way. Right. Absolutely. I mean, relationships are reciprocal. You do something for me. I do something for you. And what they should do is is every week they should take a piece of paper and write down things that they would enjoy from each other.
2: <laughs> oh, and I thought they were going to put a list of all the oh, things that they do. I'm sure many women would enjoy this. Do you see how big my list is? Do you see how you <laughs> have three you. things it on your list? Exactly, step up. Up. Uh-huh. So it up. So it is funny that you say that though, because I I think that actually both would be wonderful. So I'm, I'm hearing you guys talk and there's a couple of things that I want to comment on. Number one was the thing uh, that Wendy was talking about, about how we do, we want attention, we want to be adored. It's not necessarily that we want attention over, other things cuz i think many men are like oh my god i'm going to have to give up football and i'm going to have to give up any of my own passions just to you know have a successful relationship where my woman is happy and potentially i can be happy and and it's it's not like that at all i think a lot of women speak in these broad terms but that's not actually what it is that we want we want 5 minutes of amazing attention mm-hmm. that is given to us and then for you to go watch your game so it's, it's it's just, it's still the recognition. So even for me, I think for me on my end, something wonderful that if my husband were to say is that, oh God, I can feel that we're in a rut right now and we're not feeling as connected. That would be amazing just to have him even recognize that and say that. Even if it was a routine and something that he put into his calendar to say every other week, <laughs> even if he didn't really feel it, that would actually mean a lot to me because it would, it would mean that he was thinking about me and it would mean that it was a priority for him, that our relationship isn't just, you know, being kept steady on the back burner while he's focusing on other areas. So when women say that, you know, they want the attention, they, they, they really just want um, some recognition that anything with them is still important and worth an effort and a conversation to improve and make better. And I, I think that Just even that little conversation could alleviate a lot of those stresses coupled with what Wendy was talking about where maybe once a month, you guys do talk about a couple of things that you would like to do. Maybe talk about your fantasies, some passions, some things that you'd like to try and then both people can work on making them happen the next month. It's really just about consistently putting an effort into what you're doing instead of just thinking, okay, this is good over here. Let's just keep it as is until, and this is how men work, so I understand, until a fire is there. And when the fire is there, then I'll focus on it. I think women just want you to focus on us at least once a day continuously. And then, um, Kristen, I, for, I totally forget what you were, oh, the Meredith episode. There were a couple of people who wrote in to me about that as well, just saying like, oh my God, she sounds horrible. As somebody who knows Meredith, I guarantee <laughs> that this woman was doing Everything, everything I never saw her husband. She was running that family. she was the one who was earning the income. she was the one who was wanting sex. Was like all all of those things were in place and she she just maybe she wasn't saying it in the right way, but she just wanted somebody to look over at her and say, You're a freaking rock star' I cannot believe you do all of this. You run our household. You put a meal on our table every single day even though I'm a chef. Like that's the truth. Um and you're amazing. That's what she wants and she wants somebody that can give back to her and take care of her a little bit for like an hour each week and that would have that would have been more than enough for her cuz I you know I heard her for a long period of time where she was complaining about things and I knew the things that she was doing. So she was definitely not just somebody sitting on her on her high horse saying, Take care of me and love me and appreciate me. She is a freaking rock star. That's that's right what right. I can. Right. Right. Yeah. She uh, is I, like,
0: yeah. I, I think the lines of communication have to be always open and you have to be honest yeah. and truthful and just lay it on the line and and tell your respective partner that this is what I need this is what I desire. If you use certain terminology, you know, you can actually change the way the person is thinking in reference to how they can, you know, adore you more if that's what you want or acknowledge you more. Whatever it may be, you have to communicate and you have to let the, the one, the other one know what you want. And if you do that, on a weekly basis, sit down and have this discussion. Eventually, the other partner, who may not be into this discussion, will get into it, and will say, "Wow, yeah. this is something that I really have to work on." And it's really not that difficult, you know. Yeah, and to be I'm, honest, of, if it and, yeah. and to be honest, and also to reverse your roles, let the other person see how the other person interprets how you are reacting to them.
2: Interesting. Can you expand on that a little
0: bit more? So, have, have, the, have the female person at, become the male person so that the male person can see what what he's doing or how she perceives what he's doing. Remember, perception is everything. And the male right. becomes the female. They have to mix it up and they have to exchange their roles. They have to do role playing.
1: Yeah. I like that because I'm sure a lot of women will be like, I want you to see what it's like to be, you know, taking care of the child all day long and doing XYZ all day day long. But how do they do it in a way that it doesn't seem bitter? Right. Like, I want you to see, you know, what I'm going through kind of thing.
0: In my practice, I have a lot of women who come to me who say that their husband is always on their device, always on their phone. So their penis. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> no devices are actually hard yeah, I mean, <laughs>
1: like the
0: no. They're on their phone constantly. And when they're speaking to them and then they ask their partner a question, he's not he's not listening to them. He's focusing on what he's reading. So you have to put down the phone. You have to put down the tablet. you have to turn off the television. Sometimes you just need time to just sit down and just look at each other. Don't say anything. Just stare into each other's eyes. Some people may and get I agree with that. that. You know, you need to be ever present with each other.
2: And this, and then, this the advice is for people who are at every stage of relationships and dating. Absolutely. Like once you get that first month mark, you can even just say like, hey, I want to check in and see how things are going for you. Here's what I'm experiencing. But so I'm going to go back to this. Whenever I start reading something, I get very into it and I just preach whatever has been in that book and then I forget about it a month later. But in the book, it talks about, and this is something for guys who are listening, how important it is to to talk through your process. So for the Donna and Eric example, um, and this is something that a lot of men do when a fight comes up or something that creates tension, they just look down And then leave a room, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed as opposed to making eye contact and saying, like, I'm really triggered right now, I have to leave the room for five minutes. So those little words of like walking through somebody, what you're experiencing, which I know is difficult in certain heated moments, but even in the beginning stages of relationships, things like that can be extremely helpful um, of saying what's going on for you and what you're thinking towards that other person. Because women have wild imaginations as to what can be the issue. And when you come back after you walk away without saying what's going on, you've got the initial reaction you gave plus the imagined reasons mm-hmm. to fight against afterwards. So everything that you're saying, I think is wonderful. Like if men can initiate a conversation like, Hey, what's going on? Just checking in that would be amazing for a woman. Those That's the five minutes that we're talking about where we then say, go watch football, go be with your friends. That's that's the adoring and the attention that we're talking about. Just saying, I'm focusing on our relationship right now because I want to make it freaking great. That's what we're talking about. And then uh, narrating, narrating your experiences if possible. and And that can help having a woman change on you because the reason she's changing is because she's protecting herself and vice versa. I know that that happens for men as well, but we change because we're finding new ways for us to stay safe. Right. That's what's going on every single day. Right. And uh, yeah, and that's, that's what I think is, is going on. I, I wanted to wrap up the show now because I think my mic is, is doing horrible things and I have to get a new one. I, I don't want to put anybody through this torture for any longer. Uh, but Wendy, thank you so much for for coming onto the show. I love that we talked a little bit about hypnosis. Um, I I do know that you are also a charisma coach and I can completely understand why you would be so wonderful with coaching people on charisma and coupling that with helping them with hypnosis. How can people get in touch with you and and do some work with you?
0: Well, they can easily contact me uh, through my website, hypnonurse.com. And... uh, my All my contact information is there and they could also go to hypnoticcharisma.com and see all of the wonderful um, topics that we cover in our Hypnotic Charisma Bundle that will help them actually increase the romanticism of their relationships just by doing the seven self-hypnosis techniques that Ralph and I have uh, created. This is now like
1: hypnosis masturbation, Marnie. I know. So we've got conversation I masturbation. I know this and is hypnosis fantastic.
2: <laughs> I absolutely love it, and I definitely recommend that people go uh, check out Wendy's website. And you were wonderful. Thank you for um, being on this call with us. And Kristen, do you want to tell people how to work with you and and getting in touch with you?
1: Yeah, I've been helping lots of guys with banter and it's been actually pretty fun. I'm like, I'm sitting there going, this is weird. Like, this is actually kind of fun for me to like get paid to banter with dudes. So if you guys want to practice your banter skills and get better with opening lines and, and your overall communication with uh, especially first interactions, hit me up at
2: Kristencarney.com slash dating help and uh, I will be at your service. And don't you want to hear Kristen be positive more often? That was like the nicest thing that you've said on this show. And it, the five it's years. It's in so bizarre. You're actually happy? It's, it's like so someone good. took my soul so and yeah it's bizarre. Oh, God. You're not going to be and able to do the show anymore if you're going to be happy. I
1: know. I've to change my whole everything i'm, I'm sure day, something it's bad over. will happen
2: <laughs> so. yeah literally in five yeah. seconds so. <laughs> so you'll be fine all right well yeah. thank you guys for being a part of this show everybody who listens to the show is absolutely incredible thank you for sticking with us through all of our changes uh please share this show with somebody that you think would benefit from the information that we have to share if you have any uh suggestions for guests to have on the show please Write to ask at askwomenpodcast.com. As well, you can always send in questions for us to overanalyze, just like we did on this show, to askwomenpodcast.com. New episodes of the Ask Women Podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. You guys are awesome. We'll see you next week.